0: This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. I'm going to jump right in. Luke chapter 15. And um, this is, for those of you that don't know the B-I-B-L-E that well, this is a chapter in the Bible, in the Gospels, written by a physician. He's a doctor, and his name is Luke. Luke is writing... Uh, a chapter on being lost. He really has three examples. He tells three, well, the Bible calls them parables. In our terms, we call them stories. Three stories. It talks about a lost coin, a lost sheep, and now he's talking about two sons that we'll look at that are lost. But today, eh, a lot of times when people tell this story, uh, the prodigal son story, they like to focus and put the emphasis on on the son that goes out and loses his mind like Nick Cannon, wilding out. But I don't want to emphasize the prodigal son or even the, you know, haterade brother. I want to talk tonight about the heart of the father. So just hear the story, read the story with me about about the prodigal son, but let's look at it through the lens of the dad. Let's put the emphasis tonight on the father's heart. Let's read together Luke chapter 15. Verse number 11. Then he said, A certain man had two sons. So do I, Winston and Maverick, and they both are obsessed with their father. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, forgive me, uh, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood, and not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeying to a far country like Canada, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. That could be translated loose living. And he he lost his mind. Verse 14. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. He would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to even spare and I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, dad, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer even worthy to be called uh, your son. Sorry, I lost my place. Call your son, make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose, verse 20, we're gonna put emphasis on this. Verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to his father, father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, I am no longer even worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this son of mine was dead, but now he's alive again. He was lost, but look, now he's found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked, what's going on? And he said to him, your brother has come home. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and he would not go in. Therefore, his his father, pleaded, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you and never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me even a young goat that I may make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours comes back into this house who has devoured your livelihood with harlots. You killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother, he was dead, and he's now alive. He was lost, and he is now found. I want to preach a message. This Christmas is love. And if you're taking notes which I hope that you are. You can write down the title of this evening's talk. It's called Wipe That Look Off His Face. Wipe That Look Off His Face. And I want to pray, and I'm going to believe that God will speak to us uh, this evening again, it's been a fantastic day in the services, but you know, I believe the 5 PM tonight, it's a special service and let's believe that God will come and speak to us tonight. Amen. Just a word of encouragement. By the way, at Zoe church, we believe that church is to be enjoyed, not endured. So when not suffering through the church, we're going to have fun in church. Somebody say amen. We believe that church is for a build up, not a breakdown. Like, we're not here to beat you up. We're not here to throw the book at you. We're here to build you up so you leave better than you came. You leave excited and, you know, with a candy cane from the elves and, you know, a cup of cocoa and feeling all good about yourself and, uh, and feeling built up in your faith. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our church. Thank you for these times that we can gather and be strengthened, be encouraged. Thank you that your word is literally alive. It speaks to us. It shows us where to go and how to act. We ask tonight, open up our eyes so we can see Jesus. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Do something unique and profound in the 5 p.m. tonight. We love you for it and we thank you for it. And God, we are praying and committing as a community to pray for the Los Angeles Lakers. God, we know they're about to play a game tonight, and so we ask that you would allow us to make every shot and win the game tonight. God, we are gonna stop praying for the Rams because obviously you've turned against the Rams, and so we're not gonna fight you on that. We're just gonna go Lakers-Dodgers at Zoe Church. We love you for it. Thank you for letting us go back to the spirit of Kobe and Magic Johnson. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. Come on, all the Laker fans, say amen. When I pray for the Rams no more, God is not answering that prayer. Let's stop going to that well. Okay. Amen. Um, a, a, a few years ago, when the um, when the whole emoji thing came out, I, I I really just resisted. I thought this is just a little fad. It's a little trend. These emojis are going to go away, and um, I, I I never gave into it because I thought as a male, as a man, I didn't want to get my man card taken away. That was my initial thoughts. Uh, but now i am just like forget about it. I wear a blue suit and use emojis, so it is what it is but um I, I so now i'm not I'm not fighting it anymore because I noticed that these these emojis they can say what a paragraph or a sentence it, it, it just communicates effectively exactly how myself or someone is feeling, like for example, if I text my wife in the afternoon it's a babe. How's it going with the kids today? All she has to do is send an emoji, which usually is that emoji with the teeth like, uh. And I'm like, say no more. Prayers are sent your way. But I'm into some of these emojis. Like, I'm tired. Don't send me your ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. I don't want to see your LOLOL. Like, if I really made you laugh, I want the tears, okay? Give me the tears emoji. You know That really helps me out. One of the emojis I like to use is the one with the glasses and kind of the nerdy face because that's who I am. But, But there's something about facial recognition. There's there's power in in not just communication that's verbal, but communication that's body language, facial expression. I remember growing up, I used to get in so much trouble with my parents if I had the wrong face. Like my mom, you know, she's the sweetest little Mexican. But if she served frijoles and arroz one more night, and I sat there like, ¿por qué no? Well, if I sat there and I was really upset about it, my dad would come. He'd be so mad, you know. He'd be so upset at me and say, son! You wipe that look off your, come on, y'all heard this before. Wipe that look off your face. Your face says so much about what's really going on in your world. When you're when you're excited about things, when you're happy about someone, when someone walks into the room, always look for someone's countenance. Do you make people smile and light up when they see you? Or are they just kind of like, you know what, whatever? No, there's something about looking and studying the facial expressions of someone. I want to talk tonight about our God who is in heaven, our Father who loves us, and most of us, I believe, have the wrong picture of our Father in heaven. Most of us, we see God and we think that the image is that God is disappointed with us, that God is angry with us, that He looks down with judgment, He looks down with wrath. My problem, my issue with the church today is most of us love Jesus and we actually are scared of the Father. Most of us say, oh gosh, Jesus, thank God for Jesus. He, he, he died for my sins. He, he It was his blood. It was his resurrection. It was, it was all Jesus. No, you need to know this tonight. The Father is so obsessed with you. The Father is so for you. The Father is so pleased with you that Jesus happens to be his greatest demonstration, but it's not his only demonstration. The Father has been pursuing you and loving you. He is relentless in his desire to be in relationship from the creation of this universe all god has wanted is to be in relationship with his people anybody thankful tonight at 5 p.m that god loves you come on that's the face of the father it's who he is yeah, I love this story in Luke 15, and I know that many have made a lot about the prodigal son, but, but, but I, I, I want to look at the father in the story. Now, we know a few things about the father in the story. Forgive me as I jumped around during the reading, but let me just catch you up to what we're saying. The, the, the father, we know this about the father. The father has a house. I'm just going to say right now, to have a house in L.A., you ballin'. So he's got a house. He's got a home. He's a homeowner. I love it. He's got a home. He has servants. He's got cattle. In fact, they killed the fatted calf, which implies he don't just have one calf. He got a whole bunch of heifers. So he's got cattle. And by the way, we know this. He also has a goat. Because the younger son, when he was mad, he said, I don't even get a goat. So we know that he has cows. We know that he has goats. We know he has servants. We know he has enough money to hire a DJ. This this, this dude, he can hire Calvin Harris if he wants to. So the father is balling now. We, we know that he's got so much that the son, the son, the prodigal son, I don't know why I put him over here, but here he is tonight. The prodigal son, we know that he's got enough that the son doesn't wait for his dad to kick over. He wants his inheritance now. I'm going to give you a few things to write down this evening. But let me give you the first one to encourage you in your faith right now. This might not be the most positive thing I've ever said. But it's a true statement. Write it down number one. Be careful what you ask for. Be, I'm telling you tonight. Be careful what you ask for. Watch the security of the father. The son comes and says dad. Give me my inheritance now. It is always the tool and tactic of the enemy to present to you today what God intended for you to have tomorrow. It is always the spirit of this world and this craving of lust. Lust says I want now what love says I'll wait for tomorrow. Don't you give in to that devil. Don't you give in to that lie that says you can have it now. You ought to start praying a different way. Instead of starting asking God for now, why don't you start praying, God give it to me when I'm ready. Give it to me when I can handle it. Give it to me when, when the timing is right. Remember, life is timing. God has perfect timing. God is never too early and he's never too late. He's an on-time God. Anybody thankful tonight that, that you can wait upon the Lord? He's got the right timing for your life. This younger boy, he don't even know what he's asking for. Be careful what you ask for. Some of you, you're asking for things that it will destroy you if you got it today. You don't got the character. You don't got the wherewithal. You don't have the wisdom to sustain that blessing. Isn't it amazing? This boy comes and kind of say, "I want it now. I want the, I want the inheritance." Be careful what you ask for. I know I'm going to watch two movies this Christmas season. I will watch Elf and I will watch Home Alone. Kevin, be careful what you ask for. That's a movie reference. Young boy, he comes, Dad, I want right now, one now, don't I want way, I want now, I want, I want the money now. He gets the money. The father says, Hey, that's fine. All right, you want to go right now? Watch the security of the father. The father says, Okay, that's what you want. Divides it in half, puts, puts it in the bank for this guy over here, and he says, Here it is. Now, the Bible says this, this young man, when he goes out, he goes, he goes out, excuse me, and he is the depiction of sin. Watch what he does. He's foolish, he's arrogant, he's wasteful in his living, he's with prostitutes. He is for real wilding out. He's lost. He's lost his mind. He's lost his sense. He's out there so much living the fast life that the Bible says he spends, burns through the money. He burns through the money, and he ends up in a pig pen. When he's in the pig pen, the Bible says he comes to his senses. Isn't it interesting in life that God will allow you to hit rock bottom so you can come to your senses? Isn't it so interesting about God? God will allow you to face hardship of self-inflicted pain so you can come to your senses and say, I got to get my life right with God. He's in the pig pen. He gets his senses right. He goes, man, even my dad's servants have it better than this. Watch what it says. It says he starts to make his journey back home. And in verse 20, it is showing us a picture into the character and the nature of our father. Watch what it says. It says that while he is still a long way off in the distance, The son is coming back on the gravel road and it says the father sees him. You need to know this about our God. Our God, when you walk away, our God does not wipe his hands clean from you. He does not turn his back on you. He does not say, well, if that's how it's gonna be, go and have fun. No, our God is hope. He doesn't have hope, he is hope. Hope, by definition, is confident expectation. So God says, you can go ahead and do that, but I've got confident expectation. You will come to your senses. You will come back into relationship. Anybody thankful today that he's not a God of wrath? He's not a God of judgment. He's not a God of condemnation. Come on, he's a God of hope. I wonder how many times did the father drive by where the prodigal son was staying? How many times did he gather with the family and pray that the prodigal would come home? How many times did he just circle around the club that he was losing his mind in bottle after bottle? How many times did he go by that club and send some holy prayers at him? He was not writing him off. He was waiting with confident expectation. I remember when I was an athlete. I'm not an athlete no more because no athlete wears a blue suit. So when I was a high school basketball player, they used to teach us to be, to we, we, when we were playing basketball, to always have, uh, uh, we, we would be in ready positions. They called it triple threat. Triple threat was when you get the ball, you stood like this because at any given time, I could put the ball on the floor, I could pass it, or I could shoot it. I'm triple threat. Can I encourage you tonight? Our God, when you walk away and you're not doing well, God is in ready position. He's waiting for you to come back. He's ready to shower blessing. He's ready to receive you. Anybody thankful tonight? He's not angry. He's not displeased. He's not trying to bring you shame. He's in ready position to receive you back to the kingdom. Says, while he's a long way off, you know what that tells me? It says, he's been waiting. He's been watching. God's been watching your life. God's been looking for you to come back down that gravel road. He, he sees him. He says, while he's a long way off, he can't even wait for him to get back. He jumps off the porch. He sprints out. Now, this is why I love. This is a good father right here. This father throws his arms around his child. You need to know that God will give you a big hug tonight. He throws his arms around his child. He starts kissing on and hugging on him. And watch what he says. He goes, God. Woo! He goes, guys. Um, he's back. This is awesome. Okay. Um, you. I need you to go get him. Get him the robe, the beautiful, the one that we usually put Diddy in. Get him the robe. You. I want the Yerman ring, like the big one. Get him the Yerman ring. So you're the robe guy. You're the Yerman guy. And you. I want the, the biggest calf we got. The biggest. I, the servant's like, yo, uh, Father, you realize that some of our guests will be vegan. I don't care about the vegans. We're going to meet tonight. So I need the robe. I need the ring. I need the vegan. And uh, I mean, the steak. And uh, uh, I need one more. Do any of y'all know a DJ we could hire? Do y'all, anybody know a DJ? Little Mexican in the back, like, yes, sir, I know a DJ. Like, what what accent was that, right? He, he's like, si, senor. There it is. And so he's like, I know a DJ. <laughs> Stop. There's a clock. I don't have time. To come back for the seven, but um, it's like, season in your heart. <laughs> like, get on with it already. So stupid. Sorry, I've been here all day. Um, he's like, he's like, yeah, no, DJ. So watch what the father does. The father, he gets the robe, he gets the ring, he gets the fat calf, and he hires a DJ. The father is ready to lose his mind. Can you write down number three tonight? I love this about God. He is the God of celebration. He's not the God of condemnation. He's not a boring God. He's not a weird God. He's not a dry God. He's the God of festivity. He's the God of celebration. I'm telling you tonight, when when the son came home, he was like, we're going to do the Macarena, the YMCA. We're going to Dougie tonight. My son has come home. Anybody thankful that God rejoices over your life because he loves you and he's for you. He's not mad at you. He's wanting to celebrate you. So watch what happens. They go and they hire Calvin Harris. Now the son walks up, he got the robe, he got the ring, he got the steak, and they are straight up partying. You ever go to some parties and the person that's throwing the party, they're posted up with, a, with some Kool-Aid and they're just watching everybody dance? That is not our father. Our father, he is up in the mix like, hey, oh, who got the robe? Who got the robe? Huh? Who got the ring? Who got the ring? Huh? Hey, calf, heifer, what? Like, he's partying. He is straight up in the middle. He on the dance floor. You ever see old people on the dance floor? They don't need a lot of moves, just need one move. Hey, oh, hey, oh. He don't have to move. He can stay right here the whole night. He's the father. Fo- I pay for the whole thing. I don't care what y'all think about my dance moves. He's in the middle of the party. The son that was lost came home. And the Bible says that the other son comes back from work. He's, he's coming back and he hears something. He's like, what in the world? Is that Calvin? <laughs> he hears the party, and, he, and, he, and what, he says to one of the servants, hey, man, what, 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 what's the deal? What's going on? And the servant's like, oh, my gosh. You ain't been on IG today? Your brother came home. He's like, no, nah, come on, man. My brother? Yeah, your brother came home. Dad lost his mind. What did he do? The ditty robe, he brought it out. German ring, it's on his finger. Fatty calf killed him. <laughs> Hired a DJ. He's a Mexican. He knew about it. <laughs> sorry. i so stupid. Sorry. That's so dumb. <laughs> I'm half Mexican. That's why I can say that, by the way. <laughs> the brother's outraged. The brother is so upset. Watch what the brother does. The brother comes home. He doesn't even go to the dance floor, he doesn't even walk in the party. He marches straight up to his bedroom, grabs his belongings, and he's out. This is how I'm going to be treated at this house? I'm gone. This is how this church rolls. I'm out. I'm gone. Sick of it. Grabs his belongings. He's leaving. Somebody at the party tells the father how the other brother has responded. Watch watch the father's heart. This is so fascinating. Again, this is a snapshot. This is a window into the father's love. The, The brother's leaving, storming out with his Toomey suitcase. God, I'm on fire, right? I'm kidding who says that. He's leaving. The father says, the Bible says that the father goes and he begins to plead and beg his other son. No, don't don't go. Please stay with me. They start to argue. You you never did anything like this for me. All that I have is yours. Isn't it amazing that God is loving us all the same, but he's not coaching us all the same? That God allows one to leave, go ahead, But the other one, he pleads and begs. God, why is it that you allow some people to go and and stub their toe and other people you put a blockage to? Because God knows what you need, when you need it, how you need it. He's familiar with your ways. Come on, somebody ought to praise God that God lets you experience that. And somebody ought to praise God that he he refused to let you go down that path. God knows where you're at. I feel like preaching to somebody tonight. He's a good father. He's a loving father. He knows what you need to get out your system. He knows what he needs to put into your system. This is a good father. All of this comes from a documentary I was watching recently where the author of the book Shack, uh, the Shack has sold, you know, like 25 million copies. No big deal. The first million they sold out of their garage They realized they wouldn't be able to handle all the success so they went and signed with the publisher. 25 million copies has gone out. The author of the, the book, The Shack, which is a prolific book, he said this and I cannot shake it. He said, you know, it took me, this is his testimony, he said it took me 40 years To wipe off the face of my father, who was a deadbeat, who was an angry man, who was a drunk, who was always disappointing me. It took me 40 years to erase his face off of the, the father's face. I wonder how many of us tonight, we know that Jesus loves us, but we still think that the Father's upset with us. We still think he looks at you and is disappointed. How dare you? How could you? Why do you? And there's so much so much shame and condemnation. I'm here to tell you tonight, Jesus is the idea and the manifestation of the Father's love. It's his face that is flint towards you. It is heart that is dedicated to you. Anybody thankful tonight? Our Father who is in heaven loved us so much that he gave us his Son, but he also gave us the Spirit and he gave us his word and he's going to keep giving and keep loving and keep throwing parties. Come on, isn't this amazing? To this son, he got a robe and a ring and he got a fatted calf but on his son, he gave him a, a, a crown of thorns. He gave him vinegar and his, his clothes was torn off of him for you and I. He knows exactly what we need and exactly when we need it. I am thankful tonight that I can wipe that look off of his face because it's replaced with grace and love and faithfulness and mercy and goodness and long-suffering come on somebody praise god thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast we hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message to get more information about zoe church check out our website www.zoechurch.org or follow us on facebook instagram twitter and the newly added snapchat under the handle Church la have a blessed day